You are listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. You know, I've been working on some healing. It's definitely a long game journey, and it's something that I've been talking about here on the podcast, right? Like, I think my themes this year are community and healing. This need to address things, though, has bubbled up inside me the past few years, and I've been able to slowly move in a direction. The right people, the right places and opportunities have presented themselves. And I said yes, you know, I said yes to them. And that has helped me on my healing journey. And what I've learned along the way is that it's never just one thing. Healing is a process. But once you start committing to doing the work to heal yourself, all sorts of support shows up and it shows up in ways that you may have never imagined. Early last year, I was introduced to someone as a potential client. You know, he had been looking to work with someone for marketing and his course who understood his approach and the work that he does. And we just immediately clicked. You know, I love his field, mindfulness and meditation for leaders and entrepreneurs. And it has truly been a gift to me on my personal journey to be exposed to these teachings. I am joined today by Juan Alvarez, an executive coach and mindfulness teacher for entrepreneurs. Juan is the creator of The Practice, which is a course and teaching method that he uses in his work with CEOs and business owners. And he is the host of the podcast, Life is the Practice. For over two decades, Juan has been exploring how mindfulness and meditation improves our relationship with the world and the people around us. You know, there are so many reasons as business owners that we would want to create a mindfulness practice. You know, it betters our focus, it builds confidence, and it helps us in the relationships that we form and to be in the moment with the work that we do. You know, all the emotions that live inside of you, they do come out in underlying ways in the work that you do and in the conversations that you have. You know, if you are coming from a place of fear or scarcity, that energy is felt by others in the world. You know, we talk about limiting beliefs here. Um, you know, we've talked about it in a few episodes and have actually done a whole episode on it recently. You know, Juan brings mindfulness as the tool to move beyond these emotional spaces. And I'm sharing my own experience in this episode. Right? It took me 30 years to actually create a practice. And, you know, Juan positions mindfulness and meditation for entrepreneurs as attainable. You know, this is not just a woo-woo thing. It's an understanding as well as a practical teaching. You know, in Juan's teachings, he is devoted to the how. You know, it's the question we always ask, right? Like, I get it, but how am I supposed to do it? So this is a thoughtful conversation where you will find yourself nodding your head along with what Juan says. And it's going to open you up to another way of approaching mindfulness and how it can benefit your business and your life as a whole. The long game is Mindfulness for Entrepreneurs with Juan Alvarez. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, 
conversations with creators who are out there doing it now and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're gonna have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here and let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the Long Game Podcast. Today, I am joined by Juan Alvarez. He's an executive coach and mindfulness teacher for entrepreneurs, the creator of The Practice, and host of the podcast, Life is the Practice. For over two decades, Juan has been exploring how mindfulness and meditation improves our relationship with the world and the people around us. The work he does helps leaders and people from all walks of life stay present, peaceful, and purposeful so they can bring their best selves to the world. Welcome, Juan. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Such a pleasure. So to start, I want to let everyone know that, you know, Juan is a client of mine, so we know each other pretty well. We've been working together for over a year now. And before our work together, I was aware and exposed to mindfulness and meditation. I've been exposed to that since my teens, but I didn't have a practice. And, you know, I've absorbed teachings like The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and I believe that lived somewhere inside of me, but I didn't cultivate a type of practice until really until you came into my world, right? The universe brought us together, Juan. You know, as part of my work, I dive into the work of my clients. So I dove headfirst into Juan's online course, The Practice. And what really made an impact on me was how accessible the teachings are. You know, it wasn't coming from this place of enlightenment. You keep it real world. So it's got to connect, right? And got to fit into your life. So I thank you for that. It, it, you know, it's helped me develop a practice now. And this is a conversation I want to bring to my audience about how mindfulness can alter what you do for work, alter your personal life, and how we can use this in our entrepreneurial journey. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, I think when I built this course after more than a decade of teaching and and coaching entrepreneurs and business leaders, I kind of, I just wanted to to provide a tool or the tool that I would have loved to receive when I started learning, because what you mentioned was an obstacle for me, like not having access to very practical, very clear, very easy to understand teachings. And I had to like learn from all of these like teachers that were amazing teachers, but sometimes were too close to their own dogma, too close to their own religion. And like I, I had to see past all of that to understand the, what is it exactly that I need to do to make my life better? And I sometimes I, I got lost in, in all of that. It's easy to get lost in all of that. <laughs> so when, when it, I started providing these teachings to people, my focal point has always been, yes, but what is it that you need to do uh, that is going to help? improve your your experience and uh that's how the the online course was yeah i love that because when you hear mindfulness and meditation us normal people 
who are not enlightened yet onto that journey think, oh, that's really woo or all of these pieces that come into it. And you've broken it down. You've absorbed and mixed your different learnings to create your own path. And I think as entrepreneurs, that is such a lesson and such a takeaway in itself that you combine the different learnings and combine it with your own ideas and then create what you teach as well. Yes, exactly. I think I had once a teacher that told me, like, when you become a teacher and you become a guide, you need to be very honest and very sincere with yourself and with your students, because you can only help people to the extent that you have helped yourself. And basically what I'm doing is just putting out there the things that work for me and the things that help me in my own experience live with more peace and, and uh, with a deeper sense of purpose and, and more present. And if there was something that I didn't understand or that I didn't really embody, well, I didn't teach about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. You kept it focused on your need and what you learned along the way. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about now, why does being present matter? You know, and, and there's a few terms that are overlapping. There's presence, there's mindfulness, there's meditation, and we, we kind of use them interchangeably here. But the foundation of all your teachings or the mindfulness journey really is presence and understanding right. that. Right. Well, we can differentiate what mindfulness and meditation is. Like it's, it's, it's different. Mindfulness is a, it's a system, you know, it's a system. It's like an, you can understand it as an operating system for life. Meditation is one aspect of this system, is one practice of this system, right? And presence is one of the foundational skills of mindfulness that we develop through meditation. So we use meditation as a tool to help us develop presence. Presence is the foundation of mindfulness. Why is it that presence is so important? What does it mean to be present? And why is it that it's so important? Well, I think that the main thing is that if we are going to improve our experience, like the way we are experiencing life, like sometimes it gets very challenging, we have to be present in it. We have to be there where my experience of life is happening, right? And most of the time, the opposite of being present is that I'm engaging with the mind all the time, reviewing things that happen to me or thinking about potential things that may happen to me, past and future. And we are engaging constantly in these thinking processes that take me away from the actual real experience that I'm navigating in the moment. So coming back to that present moment and coming back to that experience opens the door for me to improve it. Because if I'm not there, I can't do anything about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So that's one of the main things about presence is that in terms of the, of the personal development aspect of the practice, in terms of the how do I improve the quality of my life, the way that presence contributes to that is by making you be there where you can take charge of the experience, where you can do something about it. There is also the, the deeper aspect of the practice or the spiritual aspect of the practice, the, con the connection to the greater purpose or connection to the greater, uh, the higher purpose. 
that also requires for you to be present in the experience, for you to go a little bit deeper than, than usual, and then connect with a greater sense of self that is not just Juan with my problems and my, my schedule for the day. I love this conversation and what you bring up with past and future pieces, because we as entrepreneurs tend to get caught in that, right? Like some of us mill over, I have a t-shirt that says, hold on, let me overthink this because I end up thinking about the past or, oh, I will think about something that happened three days later. You know, my husband's always like, let it go, right? Like that is part of what we do. And that can be torturous to ourselves. Really staying in the present. You can't change what happened in the past. And the same thing for the future. Yes, you need to make plans. You need to lay out a map for yourself or have ideas of what you're going to do. That's different than living in the future. You really can only affect what you're doing in the here and now. Exactly. And it, it all comes to finding the right balance. It's not that we have to live in the present moment and we don't have to think about the past or think about the future anymore. That's not realistic. That's not practical. That's not the point. The thing is that there is an excess of thinking in our experience. There is a lack of control over our attention. And then the mind absorbs our attention and takes us into compulsive thinking processes that, depending on the person, has an excess of past or an excess of future. If we experience an excess of past in our unconscious thinking, I say unconscious because like we are not present in it most of the time, then we tend to, to have experiences of guilt and regret and like getting stuck in that, that type of experience of the past, what happened to me, what I did, all of that. And when there is an excess of future, we tend to experience fear and anxiety very, very often. Like what's going to happen? Catastrophic thinking. I need to control life. I need to make things happen this way. I need to become this person. I need to achieve this. And all those processes in excess, you know, they generate a very unpleasant experience, but also tension and are responsible for, for even health issues, right? So, of course, I need to learn how to use the mind as a tool to help me navigate the practical aspects of life and the practical aspects of running a business. And there is a lot of planning. There is a strategy. There is thinking. You and I work on strategies and you and I set goals and, and things like that, right? But that is an exercise that happens for the, the limited amount of time. And then the focal point of a mindful entrepreneur is the present moment. Yeah. I balance all of that with a lot of being here in the moment and taking care of myself as I navigate what's in front of me. And that is the, the work that we do in mindfulness, yeah? to constantly compensate that inertia to overthink and to spend too much mm -hmm. time in the mind and bring yourself into the present moment, in touch with your reality, in touch with your emotions, in touch with your body, in touch with yourself. Optimize your inner experience and then bring the best in you to whatever you're doing. And disregard all of those excessive processes of thinking that just activate 
very difficult experiences and redundant experiences in my body. <laughs> totally. Most of the time, those processes, if, if we are sincere with ourselves and we reflect on, the, on this, you know, like most of the time, those thinking processes, redundant, compulsive thinking, don't add much value to our experience and don't add much value to our business and don't add much value. They are totally unnecessary. You know, we just spin in the, that hamster wheel, like running. I, I mean, they way. physically ail us when we have those. Yeah, absolutely. So we just need to drop that and come back to the place where we can actually be valuable and, and helpful and useful. And I want to uh, talk about some of the benefits of this. I mean, you've just enumerated in that conversation, but, you know, people listening might be like, okay, I get that and that, but like, there is a larger why, you know, there are so many benefits as an entrepreneur from increased focus to confidence that you build because you're approaching situations calmly. You know, I, I've shared with you, I recently went on a trip to Sedona that was a hiking meditation Reiki adventure. And we did a lot of group meditations. And, and one of the the mantras the the uh, I left with that I, for me personally, I needed to leave with was, I'm bringing the appropriate sized energy to every situation. Like instead of over responding or mind chatter, negative self talk, all of that. Like it has brought me, you know, spending that time and focusing and releasing and working on being in the present moment, like. There is an inner peace that I have come back with. Even in my work, I've, came, I've come back to a very busy time, clients launching, different things happening, and I'm able to take things one task at a time. I schedule myself one task at a time, right? Absolutely. You know, well, the, the benefits oof, are, and, and I congratulate you for that, <laughs> <laughs> the benefits of the practice they are too long to describe. They're almost endless, you know. But a way to summarize this, I think, would be what happens inside of you and the quality of what happens inside of you is going to determine the quality of what happens outside. So when you learn to become present in what happens inside, when you learn to drop what you don't need that is happening inside, and when you learn to bring harmony to your inner experience in the form of peace and confidence, then you reflect that in your business meetings, in your business deals, in your strategies, in your culture, in your relationships, in your family, in your community. And this is the whole thing. Often, More often than not, because we are not present in our inner experience and because of other factors as well, we tend to operate from patterns of fear and anxiety and the scarcity all the time. Mm -hmm. And if that is what's happening inside of you all the time, like I'm scared, I'm not going to have money for this. I'm scared my business is going to fail. I'm scared that someone's going to betray me. I'm scared that this employee is going to leave. I'm scared that my partnership is, is going to go wrong. Like I'm scared about not having, I'm scared about not being good enough. Like if I'm operating from those patterns of scarcity and fear and anxiety all the time, all I'm projecting unconsciously, it's not that I want to do it on purpose, but 
right? You can't help it. You can't help it. Exactly. All I'm bringing to my relationships, to my decision-making process, to my action is fear and scarcity. If I can solve that and replace that fear for trust and drop the anxiety and find peace, I'm going to bring that to my team. I'm going to bring that to my clients, to my, my experience. And I think that's the main thing, you know? There is another, a little bit more profound component of like not taking life so personally and uh-huh. dropping okay. what we call the ego in the practice or mm-hmm. in psychology, dropping the ego and connecting with a, like a more wider sense of being in which I can trust like the system of life that, you know, I can trust that life is organizing things and letting life unfold through me instead of having to be there and decide how life is going to be at every single minute. And that is also part of the practice. And that is where where we find that confidence and when we find that purpose of like cooperating or that, that sense of allyship that I have with a greater system that operates through me. And flowing. Life. You are flowing. Being exactly. in a state of flow. I also want to talk about how do we get to this place, right? Like if you're just starting, if you're, you know, is mindfulness only meditation? Like, is that the only way to get there? Is it about being aware of the present moment? You know, I, I want to let everyone know, like, we are going to put some resources for you to dive into understanding what presence is. And Juan has some resources to share. So there will be resources in the show notes, but If you haven't started, I mean, I'm at a point now where it took me years. I had known from my teens and up until I was 49 years old, did I not start saying 10 minutes, five minutes every day before I get out of bed, before I reach for the phone, do I sit and, you know, do this time for myself? But that was a long time of understanding to get me started, right? Right. (laughs) So is it only meditation? Like how do we, how does someone start to become aware and right, right. want to put this into yeah. their life? It's a practice and it's a practice that has several elements, meditation being one of them and a fundamental one, but not the only one. Meditation is like the gym that we use to train mindfulness skills, to train that presence, to train other skills as well inner presence, our ability to surrender, our ability to be with our body. So there are several meditations that we practice and each of them is like when you go to the gym and the the trainer gives you like a set of exercises that you need to do, each of them develop a skill or a body part or agility or flexibility or strength or whatever, right? So meditation will be the group of exercises that we need to practice, yeah? But then even more importantly than meditation is the active meditation or the active practice. Like now that I'm, I'm trained in these skills or as I'm training and developing these skills in meditation in the gym, I practice with them when I'm not meditating. I bring those skills to the present moment. I bring those skills to my business meetings. I bring those skills to my conversations with my kids. I bring those skills to the supermarket to driving my car, to... Oh, I need them in the car, Juan. I need to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I have not mastered it yet. 
<laughs> so there is a combination of learning which exercises you need to do mm-hmm. and how to practice with them properly. But then there is another effort. And this is what I've seen in my life. Many people fail because they just stuck with meditation, but then they everything ends there. They don't bring the skills of meditation. They don't bring it out of the meditation practice. And then they say, meditation is not working for me because nothing is changing in my life. Well, the changes in your life are going to happen when you start bringing the skills of meditation to your life. And that's another type of effort that you need to do. So that would be the other element of the practice. Meditate to develop these skills and then active practice where I bring these skills that I'm learning and growing to real life. And then there is a third element of the practice that has to do with learning how to process our emotional wounds and our, uh, the, the emotional pain that we have accumulated throughout our lives. Yeah. So those are the three main elements. And let me tell you, like I have a very similar experience to yours. I've been exposed to this stuff since, since I was 19 years old. And I didn't take it seriously until my early 30s. And when I started making sense of this and I started devoting myself to the practice, it didn't take a long time for me to like shift my experience to increase the quality of my experience substantially. So it's not a matter of years, you know, for most of us, it takes years to understand that we need to do this work and we need to commit to it. But once you commit to it, it's not such a long process. Of course, the practice, I like to call it the practice because it is always going to be in your life. Like it's not that, okay, I practice for three months, I graduate from mindfulness, and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. This is something that you need to continuously work on. But to achieve a substantial improvement in the quality of your life, you don't need that much time. You just need to know exactly what you need to do, commit to it, and do it for for a few months. I um, love the fact that you also brought up this making peace with the past and healing old wounds, because those are things that we carry around that we may not even be fully aware how it's holding us back. And those things can come out in the work, which, you know, I know I've shared with you and and I do really appreciate your friendship in this, that I can share an intimate story like this of I left some things in the earth in Sedona. You know, I worked some things out through a meditation, through being in these vortexes. And I mean, I physically had things in my body that left me at that time. And those were those past wounds. Those were the, you know, and you do emerge refreshed, different. Like I have a, a, you know, one of my very good friends, she has said to me many times, since we've been back, you sound different. You sound different. She knows me. She's one of my best friends, right? She's like, you don't have that edge in your voice anymore. So those things we carry around with us all the time. And they do interfere in our lives and in our progress or in our inner peace that we go about our day. Right. Like a backpack full of rocks. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the way it's holding you back, exactly. And it takes a long time for most people to become aware of it. 
once you become aware of it and let, know the techniques that are going to help you release all of that heavy burden of, of the past in your body and in your psyche, then you can free yourself from it. And then, of course, you walk lighter. Yeah. And then you have more room for other things. Yeah. Definitely. And, and that also goes back to it's our life, right? Our business and our personal are mixed together. And that is what mindfulness, it's, it's about everything. It isn't just, you know, we, we want to focus on this one conversation, but it does work into all these different parts of our lives. And for me, it just shows how everything is interconnected. And so healing in one area or working in one area. And, you know, I want to tell people, like, I'm not dwelling on anything. Like, I had some experiences. I left it and I'm like, moved on, right? My bag of rocks and my backpack of rocks is down and I'm not thinking about it anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm able to be clearer from that. And, you know, like I said, bring that focus into my daily and, what I'm doing and my uh, my own ideas now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's just one human being, one experience. Whatever is happening to you or happened to you in the, your personal life, if the, if it's still hurting, you're going to bring it to your business and you're going to bring it to every other aspect of your life. There's no separation. If there is separation, it's because the people are consciously like pushing things away or compartmentalizing as they as they say and that in it of itself and that ends up being a huge problem as well because all that tension that you need to do to push stuff away ends up making you sick <laughs> definitely yes the you know i i love thinking of that word disease you know disease is really when we get sick <laughs> all right i want to ask you though a lot of people who are listening, they're like, I'm maxed already. How am I going to start to integrate this in? Like, I now have to do something else. Would, would I have to get up at five in the morning now to do this? Like, let, can we talk about integrating this into your life? I mean, I mentioned how for me, that's when it fits in, in that early morning, because I do have two kids and a dog and a husband and I go to work out some days. I mean, even on the days that I work out and I get up at 530, I wake up. For me, it's not an extensive piece. It's a, a short time period where I'm being aware and I'm breathing and I don't have a device in my hand and I'm not thinking about what I have to do. So how can busy entrepreneurs integrate mindfulness into their lives? Yeah, well, the most important thing is to, to commit and to understand <laughs> what is at stake here. Yeah. Once you understand that this can have a profound positive impact in every aspect of your experience, then you start making room for it. Like, this is important. It's not like you, you have to devote like a huge amount of time. It's a system that you need to learn. There are a few exercises that you practice every day, and then it's a way of being that you need to start integrating into your life. I like to explain it sometimes as a transition from one operating system to a new operating system. And you're migrating, you know, from an operating from your old operating system into a new one. And there's a transition period. And you you practice and you you do these exercises 
And for some time, you need to think a lot about it and think about what you're doing. And, and then slowly it becomes part of who you are. And then you don't think about it anymore. You embody mindfulness and you are mindfulness and that's it. So, but I think it's just to place it in the right place in your priorities. Nobody says, I don't have time to, to have my coffee in the morning. <laughs> I don't have time to take a shower. We need to run away from that expression. Like, I don't have time. I'm, if you think that your coffee is important, you're going to have time for your coffee. And if you think meditation is important, you're going to have time for meditation. Yeah. Also, we need to be gentle with ourselves and not like have this like military discipline or, or anything like that. You know, this is a process of incorporating these new habits and incorporating these new practices. But it's a combination of healthy discipline with the right priority and a little bit of effort. I love that you say that, like, who doesn't have time for their coffee or you make time for what's important to you, basically, right? I was thinking as you were talking too about how retreats or these extended timeframes can come into play to help you get an understanding, almost immerse you in that. Like I had an experience of going away for a week and, and doing this and that really helped me solidify some more, some more of my practice, even though I had started a practice beforehand. So is that something too, that you say like, yes, go on a retreat, do those type of things, put yourself in right. those spaces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, depending on where you are in your journey with mindfulness, retreats are going to be valuable for you in one way or another. Like if you've never practiced and uh, this is all new to you, well, being in, a, in an intensive experience like a retreat could open your eyes to a community, could open your, your eyes to practices, but it's not going to be enough. Obviously, you go there for three or four days or a week and you don't come back and your life is completely changed and, and now you are enlightened or anything like that, right? <laughs> some, <laughs> some things may happen, but most importantly, you're going to learn a lot and you're going to learn if this is for you or not or if you, if you like it or not or if you resonate with this type of work. If you are an experienced practitioner or someone that has been at this for quite some time, retreats are very useful because they help you deepen the work in a way that when you are at home running your business and uh, busy with your kids, you cannot. And people that know a lot 100%. about- 100%. Right. People that know a lot about this go to retreats every year without any expectations. Like you don't go there expecting that this is going to be your vacation. You're going to be super relaxed and every, you're going to have like a blissful experience or anything like that. That might be one of the outcomes of your retreat, but some other times you just go there and you work stuff that is so mm -hmm. deep that you could have not accessed when you were at home because you're distracted with plenty of other things and you cannot go that deep at home. And then the retreat ends up being like a lot of work for you to leave your backpack behind, you know? <laughs> you bring up such a good point because I fall into that busy life. So I find this time when I'm starting my day, but we've talked about in other instances and in other conversations about how you've got to find a place in your house that's quiet to be able to concentrate. And it's not with kids running through the background and all of that. So, you know, we all 
can find a way to integrate this in our lives, no matter what our situation is. And, you know, I love the idea of some people meditate in their car, right? Like they pull up in their driveway, they come before they come inside, some of your clients, because it's this capsule where they're alone. So even though there's all of this happening on the inside, 15 minutes in the driveway before they come enter, you can find that place. Exactly. I always encourage my clients and my students to make it work for, for you. Like it's this, and there's no rules. Like some people meditate in their cars before leaving for work. Some people meditate in their office as soon as they get to work. They get there. Nobody's there yet. They do their practice there. Sometimes they do it before lunch. Sometimes they do it before they leave for home. Sometimes they do it before they enter from the garage into the craziness of the kids yelling and, <laughs> and uh, all the, the energy of the house. So it's, it's just finding the, the right place and the, the right that aligns with your lifestyle. And it's easier than we think when you have the commitment, have the priority, and then you look at your life and say, okay, this, this is where I, I can place it. Yeah, you're not too busy. And if it's something that you want to give time to, it's something that we're going to share resources. Juan has a meditation to share with us. So we're going to put that in the show notes. We have a chapter, part of the chapter on presence from his course as well, where you can sign up and listen to that lesson if you want to understand, right? It all starts. That's the foundation of mindfulness is understanding presence. So you can start there. And I do just want to say something about the course is it's about the understanding. And we've talked about that here, but you also address the practical piece in there. Like, all right, we're going to talk about sit down, find your place. This is what to do. Here's a position. All of those practical things, because I think that's another piece that people who haven't stepped into this yet, how do I do it? How does it come about? Right. That was like one of the, my obsession when I started developing this course. And the kind of the main characteristic of my teachings is that I am very, very focused on the practical aspects of things. What is it that we need to do that is going to make my life better? And I'm saying do, not think or understand. Of course, there is some teaching, there is some background information, scientific and, and intellectual, conceptual, and I teach all of that. But the focus of the work and the focus of the course is the practical aspects of things. What is it that I need to do every day that is going to help me improve my experience, be more present, be more peaceful, be more purposeful? And that is like, I think I, I value a lot that type of teaching because for me, it was so difficult to access it, you know, like, and I, when I was learning, there were so many teachings that explained you the theory of things, but nobody told me then, okay, but how do I do that? What is it exactly that I need to do every day to, to help me get there? And that's where the, the gray area was for me. And when I figured that out, I thought that, man, I, I found a treasure here. Like, this is how my life improved. This is it. This, this exercise and this exercise and this other practice and focusing on this and focusing on that. 
And when I realized that, I wanted to share it with everybody. So I moved from like the traditional coaching or executive coaching field into like mindfulness coaching for executives. And you've created another extension of this teaching. Last year, you launched a podcast, Life is the Practice. Right. So tell us, tell us about it. Well, it's just an extension of my efforts to democratize, so so to speak, these teachings, you know, like um, not everybody can sit in front of me every week to receive the, the guidance one-on-one. And I don't own these teachings, you know, I didn't invent them. I didn't create them. These teachings have been around for thousands of years. These are just my interpretation of of something that has been passed on generation after generation for millennia. So I think I have this duty to share my approach to this with the world and see if, if that helps other people. So I wanted to open this podcast as a way to expose more people to the, the way I understand mindfulness and life to see if that uh, activates something on the like oh I, the way this person explains it i kind of resonate with with this totally. and that brings them into their own mindfulness journey yeah and i love that you are able to in episodes um obviously i know the first few episodes are like an overview of things there's a episode on really some practical pieces but going forward you're able to do episodes on these silos of the experience so you know you did a recent episode on conscious parenting like how to bring mindfulness into your parenting practice what that means how to expose your children to mindfulness there's an episode on anxiety you know using mindfulness in your coping learning about dealing with your life if you have anxiety. Like there are all these different pieces you get to explore in the podcast and topics related to it. And I think that's really cool that the podcast is actually a great medium and fit for. Right. Again, you know, we go back to my obsession, like all of this has to be useful, like to improve your life. You know, your life is parenting, your life is business, your life is, um, I have anxiety, your life is my relationship with my partner. And what I'm trying to do with the podcast is to show the intersection of mindfulness with all of these areas of your life and how when you practice this system that it reflects on every aspect of life. And so I'm deconstructing, deconstructing a little bit the impact that the practice can have in different areas of life that are matter to us a lot. Well, everybody, you've got to go check out Life is the Practice podcast. We'll have links in the show notes to you. Juan, I I want to thank you so much for being here today and really just showing us a little bit of insight into this living in alignment to these ideas of mindfulness, how it can benefit us as entrepreneurs and even in the other parts of our lives, you know, like we are whole people. So we aren't just this one aspect. So thank you so much for being here today. Everyone, we will have links to Juan's uh, course, to his podcast, where you can follow him on social media, in his Facebook group, things like that as well. So you can really start to dip your toe in the water and take a dip inside and see for yourself 
have an experience here. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Be well. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right, until next time, keep playing the long game.